Welcome to the Untold Podcast, capturing the culture's imagination through speculative fiction. I'm your host, Nathan James Norman. I want to give special thanks to friend of the show, Justin Lomaster, who gave me some great technical help in setting up the show to feature guest interviews in the future. Be sure to go back into the archives and listen to Justin's episodes, Episode 5, Send In, and Episode 9, Flood of Terror. He's been supporting the show since its infancy, and HP Lovecraft clown enthusiasts everywhere fear him greatly. Go check out his shows, and check out his sites. And you know, it just dawned on me that if Procter & Gamble subsidiary loves diapers, and boat manufacturing company Mastercraft were purchased by Hewlett Packer, they'd be legally obligated to name the new company HP Lovecraft. And speaking of nightmare amalgamations of sanitation products, boats, technology, and eldritch horrors, our story this month is brought to you by Matt McKinney. Matt McKinney is a janitor, a.k.a. toilet jockey, at a Catholic school in Louisville. He lives with Rohelf and enjoys Star Trek, Star Wars, and Lord of the Rings, among many other geeky pursuits. When Matt's not jockeying his skills, he's tirelessly cranking out YouTube episodes of his series P.O.S. T.O.S., which is a crazy awesome review, riff, commentary show of really bad Star Trek episodes. I love Star Trek, which is why I hate bad Star Trek, Matt confesses in every episode, and boy oh boy are there some terrible episodes out there. Matt helps us navigate them. Right now he's in the midst of Not Our Savior Month, where he explores the hack job a number of episodes do on religion. It's really good. So seriously, this series makes me laugh. Go check him out on youtube.com backslash user backslash jal. Curium. That's J-A-A-L-K-I-R-I-A-M. Or you can check YouTube, just do a search for P-O-S-T-O-S, or check out our show notes for the direct links. In addition to this, Matt has a regular segment called Trek Talk on the Spirit Blade Underground podcast. I've posted a few episodes in the show notes, and I have to say, I'm glad Matt shares my love for the best Star Trek series ever. Enterprise. Just kidding. Deep Space Nine. That's right. While everyone's arguing over Kirk versus Picard, Cisco's already tricked the entire Romulan Empire, met with atemporal entities, and prevented genocide in two quadrants. So now, the Untold Podcast is proud to present a special St. Patrick's Day episode, The Saving Thunderclap, by Matt McKinney. It's odd how legends are born startlingly accurate and wholly slanderous. If I told you I were a leprechaun, you'd probably think me a pocket-sized liar and a curse-bringer, an imp who teases people and provides nothing but empty dreams. You'd be wrong. Leprechauns have our own ways and world, and live out our lives for the most part peaceably therein. But for now, I'll just tell ye about what ye think ye know. I'll tell ye about me gold. 
It's true that all leprechauns do have a pot of gold. It's true that we can and do grant wishes, but it's not true that we turn those wishes into curses. The wishes of most humans is not but a curse and a blessing skin, after all. There are also a few things, if any, humans get right about us. Leprechauns aren't hard to catch, nor are we tiny enough to fit in a small sack. All of that now, slander. Leprechauns look to all the world like humans. Oirish, to be sure, but Oirish humans. We don't wear old-style clothing no more than ye do in these modern times. Or even have a Facebook account. Though if people knew what I was, I'd have a lot more, quote-unquote, friends. In fact, the only thing that makes it hard to catch a leprechaun is knowing what we are in the first place. I'd tell ye what to look for, but then I and any who looked Irish enough, as if all Irish sported fluffy red beards and rosy cheeks, would be fending off the idiots of the world all the live long day. I don't know about ye, but I've got a job. Occasionally you run across someone who knows or guesses what to look for. I ran into a man like that last year, in point of fact. He knew just enough about the fairy folk to get him ankle-deep into the shite pail, but not enough to know when to walk away. You see, besides our own business, which I'll not bother ye with since it's not yours, one of the main purposes of a leprechaun is to warn humans about humans. You see... No other type of person is as baffling and as dangerous to himself and others as you, silly lot. Let's take the man I mentioned. His name was Jeffrey. He seemed an affable fellow, to be sure, and you could be seated next to someone far worse on a plane. Or so I thought. Afternoon, he said to me as he sat down. I had nodded politely but wasn't in the mood for a chit-chat even before I'd spotted him as a risk. "'Mind if I ask your name, sir?' he said after a minute of watching me when he thought I wasn't looking. "'As a matter of fact, I do,' I told him, still politely, but firmly. "'I don't mean to be rude, but you look an awful lot like a friend of mine, so much so that I think you might be related to him. It'd be pretty funny if I ran into his uncle or something. Sort of a six degrees of separation thing.' "'Smith,' I lied. Roger Smith. That doesn't sound very Irish, he said with a sly smirk, the first warning sign that this was more than just your blathery, tiresome seatmate. You see, I've long been a student of genealogy, Irish genealogy to be specific, and you've got some distinctly Irish traits, especially the beard whose color doesn't match the rest of your hair. For the record, I said that Irish folk don't all have fluffy red beards, not that I didn't at the time. "'You said I didn't claim to be Irish,' I replied. "'All I said was that my name was Smith. "'Is your friend's name Smith? "'Do I have a nephew I never knew about?' "'The man smiled slowly. "'I'm afraid I was so distracted by the man's demeanour "'that I took a second too long shutting me eyes and giving him a look. "'He saw the golden flecks in me eyes, I have no doubt. "'Normally just an interesting feature, "'if a human knew what to look for, "'which his curiosity about me Irish roots suggested this one did.' he'd have only one thing left to try. Ordinarily, I would have been more subtle and might have probably been able to deflect his curiosity. Or maybe not. I am ashamed to say that I didn't even try. To be fair, I never forced or tricked that man into anything. I just didn't try quite as hard as I could have to dissuade him. I'm sorry, but I noticed that your eyes have these startling flecks of gold in them, he said knowing suspicion dripping from his voice. That's quite unique. I thought my eye color was unique, but that pales in comparison to yours, Mr. Smith. What do you think? 
Here was the moment. I'm not going to share the actual test for a leprechaun, of course, and you'll be thanking me for the kindness, but the spirit of him is right in this telling. There's a color whose name we just can't mention. For centuries we've just deflected or said synonymous colors, but today, today, I just admit it. I can't say the color. Can't say the word blue? He said with mock surprise. <sighs> I think ye know why. I grumbled, dropping all pretense. Despite myself, I started to shake a bit, which probably told the fool that he'd pretty much caught me in the real way you catch a leprechaun. You don't immobilize or snare him. You just threaten to expose him. What do you want? By now, the plane had long since taken off, so there was no escape. This was going to happen, and there was nothing he could do now. I've heard legends about gold. Let's start there. It's not gold as you think it, I recited with a sigh. Over two thousand years and I'm still reciting the same tired warning that no one takes to heart until it's too late. I have coins. Coins. Each one is worth a single wish, and you can take as many as you wish. But there are limits. The human smiled avariciously, but said nothing. He was smart, no doubt, but in this game, the smarter ye are, the worse it gets, and no one, no one's been smart enough to forfeit from the beginning. For starters, a wish for the impossible will come through with these coins as much as they do from wishing on a star. That is, it won't. The only thing these coins can give ye is what a man might get in life. Don't waste your time wishing to fly or live forever or raise the dead. It just won't work. Second, when we part ways, the coins will be given, and that's it. Ye might see me from time to time checking in on me handiwork, but ye won't be able to get any more from me than ye do this day, nor will I get any coins back, save that ye wish them all back to me, or ye take the thunderclap claws. Thunderclap claws? he asked. If ye wish to surrender your unspent coins, ye can ask me for the thunderclap escape. It's a loophole in our little contract. I added a couple centuries ago. Not every leprechaun does it, but I do. You'll have to ask me for it in person, which is why you'll see me from time to time. Okay, I'll let you know if I get tired of having whatever I want, the man said with heavy sarcasm. My opinion of him dropped greatly in that moment. One more rule, I said before I grabbed the enchanted bag disguised as a plain wallet, since not even a leprechaun's safe from the TSA nowadays. The longer you wait to use up your wishes, the more likely it is that they'll learn your mind and grant the wishes of your heart. The heart of a man is far more wicked than he knows. However many coins ye take, use them soon, lest your own desires become your own bane. The man nodded with a serious look, and for a moment I thought well of him again. Then, when I opened the bag and pulled out a handful of golden coins, plain and simple discs of gold with no leaders or memorials or slogans engraved upon them, his eyes lit up with the avarice of humanity. He took five coins, and then he reached out and took two more, and then he considered and grabbed three more. Then when I started to pull the coins back into the secret bag, he grabbed the whole handful. He nicked one last coin just before I closed the bag, but his eyes were so locked on his hoard of wealth that he spared not a glance back at me. I knew I'd be getting those coins back in me bag soon enough. The first time I saw Jeffrey after that, I appeared in an office building. You see, 
leprechauns can always sense their land gold and whisk ourselves there at will. We try not to overdo the effect, lest we bring unwanted attention upon us, but it had been one year to the day, and I was curious. Several coins had reappeared back in me satchel over the first few weeks, but Geoffrey had yet more than that still on land. It's you! he cried out the moment I appeared. Well, actually a few moments later, as he seemed a bit distracted. Come back to take back the rest of your coins, Mr. Smith. The smile seemed a bit forced, but everyone has bad days. I decided to be magnanimous for the time being. I can't take back the gold from ye any more than ye can take any more gold or give it back. Why would I want to give it back? Geoffrey asked a bit shrilly. I'm CEO. I'm pulling down six figures a year, and that's just what's on the books. That's a bit odd, I said, honestly impressed. Most people just wish for heaping wealth. Ye didn't. Might I inquire just what did ye wish for? Promotions. Deals. I'll never be audited again. I know that. I take it you're content with the arrangement then, I asked. No thunderclap for the time being. Geoffrey just laughed and got back to his frenetic work, calling in a lovely secretary to take some notes. Even if you're playing fair, I whispered to him before I walked out of his office, every penny ye get is a penny from someone else. Be sure ye aren't taking more than ye deserve. Geoffrey ignored me, so I stepped out and went back home. The next year, again on the day, I went back again. The face lined a bit deeper, the hair a bit grayer. Geoffrey had not carried the past year very well. This time, he jumped and yelped like a pup when he saw me in his office. I wish you wouldn't, he said, clutching his chest for a moment. Just checking up on me borrower, I said cheerfully. I've seen the coins stayed with ye through the year now. Are ye happy then? I plan ahead, Geoffrey said. I've done more research into leprechauns this past year, and I've figured it out. You folk like to mess with people's wishes. You turn simple requests into complex punishments with loopholes. That's why I'm not asking for more than I've got. Success. That's the ticket. I don't need magic piles of money or fame or enchanted women. I just put myself where I was headed anyway, and I'm getting all that anyway. Would ye have gotten here? I asked. Last year ye mentioned that you wished yourself some deals. Did the other party feel they got the better part of the deal? Ill-gotten gain is... Are you here to take back your coins, Lucky? Geoffrey snapped. His eyes tried to burrow into mine, but they turned away when I refused to flinch. I'm here to check up on ye. Nothing more. I know the answer, but I've got to ask anyway. Thunderclap? Get out! Geoffrey shouted far more loudly than he'd ever spoken to me yet. I sometimes forget just how much can change for humans in one little year. You're wise to avoid abusing the coins, I said as I stepped out of his office. The pretty secretary came in, this time watching me closely. But the longer ye wait, the deeper the allure becomes. As I stepped into the foyer, watching for onlookers before I departed, I could hear Geoffrey and his secretary in the office. She'd never find out. I know, sir. Drop it. It's not happening. And if you try it again, I'm reporting you to HR and calling Bev. I was back home an instant later, but in the few moments before I returned to my regular tasks, I felt me back shift slightly. It was now one gold coin 
heavier. Happy anniversary, I said joyfully as I once more appeared in his office. Jeffrey looked a good decade older. Right on cue, Willow. He spat at me. Now you want to brag? I'm being indicted. My marriage is over, and I'm swimming in child support payment, legal fees, and back taxes. I thought I couldn't be audited anymore, but they just audited my Cayman account alias instead. I'm guessing ye wish that Jeffrey Langdon couldn't be audited, I offered. Yes, and yet I... The realization dawned on the bedraggled man. You slimy son of a... He hurled a heavy stapler at me, but before it would have even touched me, I stood behind the man. I've always found that little trick does well in stunning humans. I warned ye about ill-gotten gains, Mr. Langdon. Honest men need no secret accounts or false names to hide their wealth. And now you're going to blame my divorce on me, too? I told ye that the coins only give ye what could be done by ye naturally. Your life is your own making. And it's not over yet. Ye have four more coins by my count, Jeffrey. You can go to hell, you little mick. Jeffrey practically spat as he spoke at me. I don't want your little cheats anymore. I'll just hold on to these forever, and you won't get them back. A leprechaun always gets back his gold, me friend. I said with a dark smile. There's always the thunder. Get out! He screamed as he hurled a paperweight, shaped like a gold bar, interestingly enough, at me. The plastic treasure hit a glass window on Jeffrey's office door, spiderwebbing it with tiny cracks. Of course, Oi was already back at me home by the time it hit the glass. I didn't go back for the fourth year's anniversary, but a year after that non-event, I found myself face to face with a prisoner. Clad in unflattering orange, Geoffrey Langdon had lost a good fifty pounds and half his graying hair. He was clearly not the top of the heap in that place. Five years, and where has your life gone? I said. Perhaps the most damning thing about Geoffrey's choices was that he had no more fire. He looked at me through haunted eyes and said one word. Thunderclap. Are ye sure, my friend? I said with not a wit of glee or sternness. Ye still have two coins, and this will take them both. Last year, my lawyer died in front of me right after my sentencing. The coroner ruled it a heart attack, but I didn't even consciously want it to happen. Those damn things have not only ruined my life, but they've taken my soul. I'm done. I want the thunderclap. Very well, I said. When I step out of this cell, you'll find your wish. It'll only work once, and you'll know what to do with it. I stepped through the bars as only a leprechaun could, and an emerald-hued satchel sat on the floor where I had just stood. In some locker elsewhere in the prison, Geoffrey Langdon's meagre possessions, including two blank golden commemorative coins, vanished. By the time anyone would notice the disparity, they'd have a much bigger mystery on their hands. Namely, what had happened to their prisoner? 
The mystery would be easy if they saw the 16th century styled jade flintlock pistol with a single shot, but it would have returned to my home the instant it was used, leaving only a lesson for others. That is what leprechauns are for. To warn others. I didn't appear to warn Geoffrey Langdon about the dangers of power and greed. Geoffrey Langdon was the warning for ye. I waited solemnly in an isolated corner for but a brief moment before the thunderclap sounded throughout the prison. And then I returned home and waited for the next person to try and catch me. And that was our story. I hope you liked it. The heart of a man is far more wicked than he knows. However many coins ye take, use them soon, lest your own desires become your own bane. It wasn't the wishes that corrupted Jeffrey Langdon. It wasn't the power. It wasn't even the money. It was himself. Jeffrey Langdon corrupted himself. Jeremiah 17.9 says, The heart is more deceitful than anything else and incurable. Who can understand it? A grim but much-needed reminder that sends us running into the forgiving arms of the gospel. Thank you, Matt, for the great story. So as we go, please remember to subscribe to our show, join our Facebook page, follow us on Twitter, blog about us, tell your friends, or submit a story of your own. And remember that... This podcast is part of the Christian Geek Central Network at ChristianGeekCentral.com. Until next time, I'm Nathan James Norman, encouraging you to plan ahead before you catch your next flight because not even a leprechaun's safe from the TSA nowadays.